Big welcome back to Steve Vines. Yay! Good morning. Good morning. How are I, you? It's been a white knuckle ride from Sai Kung to, I know. <laughs> to here. I've been know? telling everybody you've been off for re-education for two weeks. <laughs> it, that, that is true. And, and can I just say... Um, um, oh, um, um, oh, oh, that's right, yes. Can I just say, CY Leung, ace, ace fella. Have I, been, have I been properly re-educated? Not quite, because you've got to go for your 2.30 decolonisation appointment today. Ah, yes, today. that's true, that's Hand true. in the pith helmet. Hand in the pith helmet, yes. Well, I mean, you know, don't take it from me, because I'm a colonial retread, apparently. But according to <laughs> sauces, yeah. which I believe are not tomato, um, we're, we're now told by Chen Zhu'e and various other um, notables <coughs> from the Thinkateriat that... Um, Hong Kong has failed to shake off the colonial... Failed. Failed, miserably failed to shake off the colonial mentality. And and, indeed, with, the, and with the first anniversary of Occupy, but hours away, good on you, boys. Yes. But, I mean, what is interesting about this is what they actually mean. Shall we, shall we translate all of this? It's not a question of translating it from Chinese into English. It's translating it from English into English. What they actually mean is what all authoritarian regimes mean when they start criticising foreign influences, colonial this, that and the other, is what they mean is something entirely different. Now, in this case, the colonial mentality that Chen Zhou'er is so exercised about, and, of course, my good friend Mr... C.Y. Leung is exercised about is people who believe in all those ghastly things like rule of law representative government freedom of expression but of course they can't say that because they know that that's what most Hong Kong people believe in so you can't you can't decry well you can but they, they're wise enough not to try and decry those things because they know Hong Kong people are very much attached to them so then they say I'll tell you what this is all colonial mentality Colonialism very bad. Uh, we're not allowed to spit on radio, so I won't do it. Yeah, but but that that's and you know every authoritarian regime forever has done this. It's like stomping you the. Know, you know the Nazis did it with with oh you know it's all down to the Jews and the communists and the homosexuals. Interesting mixture, but you know they were. And if you were a Jewish communist homosexual, you, you get about I tell it. you what, I tell you what, you did not get a seat at anything other than a very bad place. Uh, you, you know, when the Stalinist purges were going on, they talked about uh, rootless cosmopolitans. Were, were, Sounds like a wicked cocktail. It was a wicked cocktail. Everything but the truth. Everything but the truth. So here we are again. In in 2015, I think it is. Yep. It's just on my calendar. But somehow, when you read some of the um, the people's papers these days, you wonder which which era we're actually in. Because they're going back to the old style of the dictatorships. If in doubt, blame foreigners. Well, yeah. If in doubt, talk about something in history that you don't like. So you know, on on the mainland, there's certain things going on. They go, oh, oh very very bad. That's that's that dates from the period of Japanese colonialism. Well, you know, get real. This is, but it is interesting that they've resorted to this now, and of course, all the usual, all the usual bowers and scrapers are going. Oh, oh, colonial, colonial, oh, very bad. Yes, let's talk about that for this week. Yeah, yeah. Because you know they have a lot of imagination. They read the People's Daily and they know what to think. What's all this de decolo? What is it? De, de, de yes, we got to decolonize ourselves. It sounds yes. like something out of a, I don't Asimov. But you see, the novel. thing is. The point is that, of course, it doesn't even vaguely mean that. Decolonisation. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, in, in a sense, 
Um, well, the good thing... I was going to say in a sense something else, but the good thing about this is that they always underestimate the intelligence of Hong Kong people. They think the Hong Kong people are so effing daft... They are, that, aren't that, they? That, 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 you know, they won't understand that this, this code language... And then, of course, it's reinforced because all the usual faunas and scrapers pick up the theme. And they think, you see, look, we've now persuaded everyone. This is very good. We don't need to talk about all those things like freedom of speech anymore because we can just say they're colonial, colonial leftovers and we shouldn't have it very bad. I'm curious to know if all the things that these boys wish for were to happen, if all what you, the people you call the bows and scrapers will clear off to Vancouver... <laughs> Well, <laughs> of course they can. I mean, that's the point about them. They're, the... they're, they're all bows and scrapers, but you follow the trail and they've got the foreign passports and they've got the investments overseas. I mean, they the very people who are the most... Uh, most sort of... Um, bowing and scraping towards, towards the comrades. The sycophants. Let's, let's call them sycophants. Let's, let's use one word where 29 won't do. They are the very people who have their escape routes planned, such as their real level of confidence in the future of Hong Kong. And we should never forget this. The people who shout loudest about their patriotism all do so with a foreign passport slipped into their back pocket. And some of them are really self-sacrificing. They give it to their eldest son, not to themselves. So that's that's good. That's very that's benevolent. Very I'll tell you what we have noticed in the news these past few days. Some comments have come out. I mean, there's a thing in our news this morning. It says, Henry Tang brushes aside calls to decolonise. <laughs> now, before you start laughing, um, we've had, you know, top... So le- you just said Henry Tang. How can I stop it? We've had top legal guys, etc., jumping in saying, whoa, 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 don't worry, don't worry. He didn't... So basically, the top the top echelons of some, some, some people well, I think here that was are saying, more don't panic, Mr Man. That, that was more about that was more about this extraordinary statement from Sue I learn. Well, that too. That he was above the law. He's Yoda and, now or something, isn't he? Um, I don't I think he's a bit higher than that. A bit higher than Yoda. Yoda, come on, yeah. get real. That's 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 just you rule of the One universe. One of those things, anyway. No, no, he's way way above that. One of those. But I mean, you know, the idea that um, yet again, you know, this carelessness with with Hong Kong's most precious entity, which is the rule of law. Carelessness by the person who's supposed but to be it's the all chief executive. It's just waffle. Well, it's worse than that. I mean, if it was, it, the trouble is, you know, as as they used to say during the Second World War, during a period of colonialism, I may add, you know, loose talk costs, costs lives. lives. Well, this is loose talk costs lives because once you once you've managed to undermine the rule of law by saying you're above it. The party is over. I mean, this isn't... The party may be over. This isn't a qualified statement. But, Steve, in, in the... absolute essential competitive advantage of Hong Kong and its unique situation within China is rule of law. When somebody stands up and breathes fire and brimstone in some of the countries you're talking about, people do listen. I get the impression they're trying that tactic here. It's almost like, you know, Germany calling. Well, it's, People it, listen it, in some it's places. It's the Goebbels theory that if you tell the big lie often enough... And loud enough. And, and loud enough, people will believe it. And that Mr Goebbels... Not a very nice fellow, apparently. Yeah. Um, wasn't wrong about this because, indeed, you can broadcast the big lie so often that, in the end, people say, "Well, there must be something in that," you know. Well, I think one of the key issues here is the absolute specific meaning of these little phrases: that decolonization. What does it specifically, well, it means empirically nothing. It mean? Means nothing. That's the point. Yeah. Because when so why, why bother when, flapping? Well, because what what they're on about is something completely different. I mean, they're they're on about saying that. Everything that we don't like, as I say, rule of law, democracy, freedom of speech, blah, blah, blah. If we can call all that colonial thinking, it can be dismissed. 
So when Chen Zuo was asked, as he was, well, actually, what do you mean? He went, oh, I think it's all clear in the basic law. <laughs> I love this, everything is clear in the basic law. What's for dinner, Mum, I think? Well, it's, it's all clear, clear in the basic, basic law. law. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> I saw my favourite person, and may I add, since re-education, he is my favourite person, Mr C.Y. Leung, saying he even told us how many articles there are in the basic law. Gosh. And who they, knew? Who knew? Who knew? But, Tim, but what he bi- missed out, and mm. Mr. Lung, I hate to criticise you, though, there's also appendices. You didn't mention the appendices. They're very important. They very, are. Very, very important. They are very and important. And they're quite long. They are. In fact, they're almost as long as the law itself. But I'm, you know, don't call me an expert. I just happen to have read it. I know. I know. It's and an... it is actually under my pillow at night. Yeah. Well, a lot's happened since it's you've been a bit away. Crinkly, actually. A lot's been happened since you've been away. The, uh, well, yes. I yes. mean, all, the, all this stuff about what is it, transcending this, that, and the other. Oh, okay. You've got some of the big judges going. Whoa, hold on a minute. Well, they're worried about. And they the wouldn't law. normally do that. They would wouldn't they? normally do that. But, but I mean. Every so often, they overstep the mark. And by they, again, I refer to my very good friends in the liaison office and the chief executive of Hong Kong. And, you know, some of these people are going, you know, I'll take a lot of this um, stuff, which is slightly coloured brown, but there is a limit. Don't forget. And I think they're, they're, yeah. they're getting so arrogant and getting so self-confident because, of course, and we can talk about this uh, perhaps a bit later... They, they think, oh, look, we saw off the Occupy movement, we've seen off the Democrats, we've seen off all this, we're in charge now, we can just get on with it. You know, good luck if they really believe any of that is true. Have you noticed there's a bit of a pattern? They chuck these Easter eggs in just a bit before July the 1st, just a bit before yes. October the 1st, and it gets everybody here all in a flurry. We have seen this before with the white well, paper We have, thing. and we've seen, incidentally, because of the um, anniversary of the Occupy movement coming up on the 28th, we, it's very interesting. The first thing you hear from all the usual suspects... Ooh, which is uh, next Monday, and, and that's we'll, a whole... We'll call that Regina Ip, just, just in shorthand, yeah. is, you know, well, I'm very worried that they will be violent, these people are violent. The leaders of this movement who've called the demonstration have actually called for a silent rally. They've called specifically for something which is very passive. The only people who are talking about violence are people on the other side of the fence. The fuzz are tooling they, up. Now, I want to stress this. See, there's tons of stuff going around social media. And as I always say, what was it they used to say about newspapers, check the date and all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff? Well, it's a bit like that on social yeah. media. But there's a heck of a lot of stuff going around about documents that have been released and how you're going to prepare and triage and, you know, this, that and, and the other. How are, and the other thing, of course, which is very difficult to for the authorities to, to, to explain away other than by colonial mentality... <laughs> We should have brought a bottle of vodka in, and every time you say that, you take a shot. Or we could just have a bottle of vodka anyway. Or we could have have the perno that I've got stashed over here in the corner. Not a small, sweet sherry. Oh, never mind. Sherry. (laughs) But it's it's almost like that. Yes. But um, what what you've seen now is these um, opinion poll ratings, which show that the popularity and the confidence in the police is steadily shrinking. Now, that's not for no reason. It's because, whereas the... Oh, it was called the Royal Hong Kong Police Force, wasn't it? Never mind. Well, that clearly it doesn't exist anymore. That's yet another terrible colonial vestige. But the police force, as was, was considered as a neutral law enforcement body, particularly under the last chief of police, Andy Jung, who should remain nameless, Andy Jung. Um, you've got this new impression of the police force being very much the political arm of the state but the political arm of the state with tear gas and batons and um, large trucks to move people around. So, you know, if you want people to have confidence in the police, it's very simple. Don't mobilise the police. Don't use them 
as a political force, use them as a force to do what they're supposed to do, which is preserve law and order. I'll tell you what, there is, sh- there is shed loads of video stuff on social media. And the big thing at the moment, explain this to me, the big thing at the moment seems to be blokes videoing cops doing their thing and hiding their pips and hide, no, hiding their, their ID, yeah, their warrant the, the, cards. The, 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 I don't understand the significance of that. Well, that's I th- because, so they can't be identified but if, I thought if, if any bad stuff happens. Is, is it the law that they have to have that stuff on them at all times? Yes. I really don't know. Yes. There's tons of those yes. on. I mean, yes. there's even blokes saying, where's your, where's your, uh, your warrant where's your ID? Yeah. And the copper says, thank you very much, or something like that, yeah. and walks away. I've but that's there. I've unfortunately had a recent experience of this with the police in my own area with three policemen coming into my house in the middle of the night uh, 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 into the into the grounds he says gradually but it is into the grounds actually the cops uh, uh, did deny- they say can we have our ball back no no the cops are denying all knowledge of it but I happen to have a neighbour who has a CCTV system cool, and on. she caught it she caught images of these guys which I didn't know about until the following day, and then go back to the cop shop and say, well, how do you explain this? And the first thing the guy said to me in the cop shop was, oh, they've got their guns on the wrong side. I hadn't even noticed that these blokes had it from the... the, Because, you know, these CCTV images are not very clear. And then... What if they're left-handed? Seriously? Apparently the police force does not cater for that. Oh, fair enough. Uh, anyway, it was nonsense because they were on the right side. But anyway, but it was interesting. That was the first response that we got from... What were they from, doing in your yard? I still have no idea. This was 2.30 in the morning, three of them. When was that? A couple of weeks ago, just before I Were they proceeding in a north Just before I went away for re-education. <laughs> <Northly> <laughs> yes. I've got an email from Pete. He says, do they really mean this verb, decolonize? Of state, withdraw from a colony, leaving it independent. And then he says Spain seemed in no hurry to decolonise those lands. That's from Pete. Do they really mean this? That's what I'm saying. Well, the, I, the word is used know, my, my with gay abandon. is that, they, that, that they, they never meant it to begin with. Decolonise. It's well, like it, a process. It, Go through but, a shower. But, 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 it, it, but what it is, is it, it's, you know, it's, it's this whole invidious process of trying to shift the argument onto grounds which they feel comfortable about. Surely it's sticks and stones by a bunch of old geezers, to be frank. Well, to be frank. I mean, there is a, there, there was always an undercurrent, and what's interesting is the undercurrent was mainly among the pro-democracy forces of resentment against the colonial regime. So now the, the, the new order, which is colonising Hong Kong in an entirely different way, is saying, oh, let's call everything we don't like colonial vestiges. Yeah, I'm it's, just it's it's it's. Um, but as 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 we often say, when it comes to these, I mean, yeah, bing, here's Regina saying blah 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 blah. You know, just because somebody says something and a news company decides to broadcast it, and well, it's it's and it's propaganda. That's what it is. Perry on Radio Three and Dime still in with Steve Vines. Twenty two minutes to eleven o'clock. Doing a tiny bit of homework whilst the news was on. Well, I opened our news page, and what I've noticed is lots of people have chirped up about this Chen Zhuo thing, and pretty much everyone, let's just say X instead of a name, blah, X stress, the basic law has served the SAR very well over the last 18 years, and that people should continue to abide by the mini-constitution. Well, people do. Yeah, but what's amusing is they've all been given this slip of paper. The LTT. LTT, line to take. And and what they do is they read out this piece of paper, it says basic law, and then another one comes up, this is it, basic law. So (laughs) it's almost farcical because they're all all been handed the same script 
some of them actually can't even read the script properly. Um, there, there was a fellow who was apparently the financial secretary who sort of w- whittled his way through it. But, you know, they've all had the line to take and they're all reading it out and it's very unimpressive. <laughs> but why say... I mean, obviously, OK, obviously reporters are going well, to ask them, but there's no way hell would have to freeze over before an opinion on this topic came well, from anybody. Yeah, yeah, It's just a fact. I was just... just telling you during the break I, I, I was because I've been in London I met a whole lot of old timers who I'd worked with um, during when I was working for the Labour Party during the Callaghan and Wilson well in those days it wasn't quite like that this was during the Callaghan and Wilson governments and I, I was <laughs> I was a, a very lowly secretary of a, one of these policy making committees chaired by the very formidable Ian Mercado who hated ministers coming into the committee with line to take and there was a particularly um, useless piece of work called Les Huckfield, who was a minister at the time, who came into one of these meetings. And he started to read out his civil service brief at one of these meetings. And Mikado, who's not widely known as Mick, said to me, oh, Les, Les, can I just interrupt you? Do you have any views of your own in addition to those of your civil servants? And 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 Les Hatfield goes, oh Mick, that's not quite. Fun. Oh, I'm I am listening. If you do have anything to say, we are all waiting <laughs> to hear. Boy, did that shut him up. This there's is nobody true. here. There's no Ian Mercados in Hong Kong to shut these people up. But the point is, I mean, guys need content, don't they? Yeah. Well, but they they need a brain as well. Brain helps. No, I mean the journos need content. But the point is, these guys will not deviate from that line no. to take. That's all there is so to they're it. They're scared. They're scared and stupid. So you've it's just a, got... it's a heady combination. Scared and stupid. You've it's just two got S's. you know you've just got thirty seconds of video with a yes. bloke saying basic law, basic law, basic law. Absolutely. Anyway, let's move on. Talking. You were talking about the the Labour Party just now. I do want to mention, even though it's the other side of the world, a little bit about Jeremy Corbyn, the new leader of the Labour Party. Um, I'm sure in your old days you had some dealings with him in some way or another. Well, I had I had dealings with his crazy brother, who's called Piers Corbyn, um, but it, who incidentally is now running a very lucrative alternative weather forecasting service. But hey, does he want a job? Does he want a job? <laughs> I was going to say Royal Observatory, which is not the Royal Observatory, may I add, um, certainly could do with his services. But it, it, it's it's very interesting. I mean, all the people I know. Uh, you, you know, who are sort of fully paid up members of the party, are very anti-Corbyn because they keep saying, oh, you know, he's going to shake things up. They don't like all these new members because they won't come to meetings and they won't sign petitions. And I'm saying, well, you know, that's for us old lags. The, the new world doesn't consist of people who want to sit in drafty rooms for two hours going through a long agenda. The new world consists of people who actually like to do stuff. And communicate through, they communicate at home through the interweb or whatever it's called. Yeah. And, you know, they, they just have a different take on things. You know, the, the funny thing is that the bloke at the centre of this, Jeremy Corbyn, is a retread. There's no doubt about it. He's, he's not exactly Mr. Modern. But people like him because, or these people like him because he seems very authentic. You know, he sort of sta- he shambles up into the House of Commons. He stands up and he says, oh, it's question time with the Prime Minister. I, uh, I'm not going to ask any questions of my own, but I did ask people to send in questions they'd like me to ask. Genius. It was a brilliant move. Completely unnerved posh boy Cameron, 
who who you that know, is wicked. Who was used to sort of crunching Ed Miliband, the former leader of the Labour opposition, into the ground. Yeah, and he just didn't know what to do with it. I, I unfortunately, I only heard this exchange on radio, so I didn't. It was good, watch right? the facial expressions, but on the radio, it was it was brilliant. Talking of Cameron, and they keep saying this this bloke's a disaster. Well, he's been in office for a week. Yeah. I think that is a slightly hasty judgment. He may well be a disaster. I'm not saying he won't be. But I think on the basis of a week, yeah. and he's not going to be given a break, yeah. not even an iota break. And do you know what? Mm. He once had an affair with a woman. Did he? Yes. Oh, he, I read it in he. the Daily Mail. I did. Oh, you, you wrote it, probably. Yes. <laughs> T- talking to Cameron, there's that whole hoo-ha with his university initiation thing with putting things in and dead pig, etc., etc. Yes. Well, we all know about that. There is a... A very funny, a very funny Twitter feed doing the rounds, and it's called Cameron's Pig, and it's t- tweets from the pig. Oh right, and the it pig says itself. Thing, yeah, and it says like, for instance, it says, um, "To answer your questions, I happen to be male. I hope that's not too shocking. I don't want to overshadow the news that I'm a bloody pig." <laughs> And then there's, a, then there's a picture of somebody holding a mobile phone with a picture of David Cameron on it, and it says, ugh, I just got my ex on Tinder. And it goes on. <laughs> but can I, can I just say in his defence that bestiality among the British upper classes is perfectly normal. It's absolutely... There, there's no reason for people to get excited about this. It's been going on for centuries, and, um, you know, that's why they live in the countryside. It's as simple as that. There is a reason for me reading these out, apart from the fact <laughs> that it's really funny. There's one that says, at David Cameron, it was a one-time thing, stop texting me. <laughs> <laughs> but here is a country where you can completely get stuck into the Prime Minister without fear of a black car turning or, up or in front in, of your house. Or indeed house. the royal family. Or indeed I mean, the royal you family. Have the, um, the, the Queen this last week became the longest-serving monarch in, in British history. Hmm. And, you know, there was lots of sort of fawning. Her Majesty is the most wonderful thing since sliced bread and... Um, Etc. Etc. But there was lots of satire about it yeah, as well. But that's the point. You can and you do it, and and the strength of the system. This is this is the difference, because people know that underneath it all, people will mock these institutions, but in the end, they mock them in the sure knowledge that they will survive the mocking. I, I mean, that, that it's that... when you're un- insecure. That, that you don't allow any mockery. Well, this is this is actually, I mean, all the fun of the fair. I ask you to respect my privacy at this difficult time, <laughs> says the pig. And then it says, it says, the whole episode left me with a bad taste in my mouth. I will stop. But the point there is, you can really get personal with the leaders of certain countries, and you won't get hauled off and chucked yeah. in the chucked in the bin for twenty that, years. That, and, and as I say, it's only regimes that lack self confidence and know that there is a weakness at the heart of their very being. Who, who feel that any kind of mockery, any kind of satire, and certainly any kind of criticism is to be, not only to be um, put down, mm. but, of course, in one-party states, it results in much worse things happening, whilst, incarceration mm, and worse. Whilst you were away, Uncle Stewie came and sat in, and uh, Stuart Wolfendale, we had a really interesting chat about colonialism and what it was like... And He's another na- national retreat. ...national anthems, and what... Yeah, he is indeed, <laughs> but he admits it. The one thing that came out of one of those chats was the arch-nemesis of these uh, regimes is, in fact, humour. If you think about yes. it, and not just regimes, yeah. we're talking about some full-on religions mm. as well, the one thing yes. that's kryptonite yes. to them is humour. Yes. It, well, first of all, of course, they lack a sense of humour. I mean, that's the, you know, the, the, the marvellous thing is, have you, ever, have you ever heard a dictator tell a good joke? Yeah. They, they don't do jokes. They have, they, they first of all, they, they, they are so 
serious about themselves. They have no sense of irony whatsoever. They certainly don't go for self-criticism because, boy, once you start down that road, God knows where you're going to get to. Mm. And, of course, they subversion to them is humour. So you notice that in all these regimes, and hopefully we'll get it in Hong Kong too, humour will be entirely banned. I mean... Uh, as, <laughs> After your two weeks. As, as you know, <laughs> as you know, and uh, it's very difficult for people like um, Stuart Wolfendale, who are satirists, as you know now, humour sort of is mainstream in, in, in the news. So some of the stuff... Yeah, you've got to... Some of the stuff that you, 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 you feel you want to write as, as satire has already been written in official press releases and in the various newspapers, and it's written in this sort of completely unself-conscious way. And they just don't get yeah. how amazingly fertile a ground this is for satire. Well... I think we ought to sort of come back to where we started, if we may, to conclude yes. uh, today. But the bottom line is, something goes down, Regina opens her mouth, somebody says something daft or whatever. I tell you, it takes about half an hour before some really smart cartoonist slaps something up from Hong Kong. So the point is, sticks and stones can break your bones, but 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 really names really... But the internet <laughs> will really hurt you. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the point is that these guys are funny. They, they honk, yeah. you know, yay, we are Hong Kong sort of thing, but yeah. good on them. Yes. Absolutely good on them, because they, yeah. they, they bounce back every time. So all the name-calling in the world, who cares? But let's just, just bring it back. I mean, we are, as we started saying, um, we are about to reach the first-year anniversary yeah, of, of the Umbrella Movement. And it's very interesting that the conclusion drawn by the powers that be is it's been defeated, it's gone away, we've, we've got rid of all of that stuff. And... There are even people who were from the movement itself who said, you know, I, I feel it was a major setback. I, I personally take an entirely different view. I think I that agree it's with a you. Process. Yeah. And the process actually didn't, in fact, start on the 28th of September 2014. It started previously, but it's, it accelerated. About now-ish. The, the previous well, few it, days when the students Well, not only that, but I'm thinking of the years, you know, the, oh, okay, the years right. before as well. So, I mean, this is a process... And the genie that came out of the bottle during the Occupy movement when people who would normally sit at home sort of, you know, um, throwing stuff at their TV in anger and banging down the phone and stuff, they decided, I tell you what, we'll go out on the streets and we'll, we'll make our mark there. That process and the fact that the streets were cleared doesn't mean that the movement was defeated. What it means is that it reached another level and it will and never it go away. And it won't go away, yes. And they never do. I mean, you think of these large social movements, and, of course, some of them have had much bigger setbacks than that, and you need only look across the border. I mean, the defeat of the 1989 protests in Tiananmen, which is, of course, over 20 years ago now. And will never, ever go away. That's not going to go away. I mean, what, what fantasist thinks that because the tanks managed to kill off a number of people on the streets of Beijing and incidentally in other cities as well, mm. that means that the democracy movement in China is dead. All you need to do, if you do believe that, is also look at official Chinese statistics, let alone statistics produced by NGOs, which show that the level of demonstrations reached an all-time high last year. The level of activism in social protest movements is reaching all-time highs in China. In other words, the protests go on, they just go on in different forms, and a lot of them are highly local or highly regional. They don't take place on a national level. 
but that doesn't mean that they're not happening. It mm. means they're happening in different ways. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it happens to be a holiday on Monday. It does. Um, who knows? Well, there will be, there will obviously be a demonstration. The leaders of the demonstration will call for a silent demonstration. Well, they, I wish them, you know. But, but, you know, if you... That's what li- they said last time. If you listen to the usual suspects, and the usual suspects are coming out in great force ahead of this, this anniversary, saying, oh, you know, we must be very careful about the violence. But they're the only people who are talking about violence. The people who are actually organising this are actually planning something entirely different. So we'll see what happens. My own view is it probably will go off very peacefully. But who knows? I mean, you know, there's there's lots of wild cards out there. Mm. Well, let's see what happens. It's just everything. And then, don't forget, a few days later, we've got October the 1st. So there's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot, there is a lot going on. In these few days. Anniversaries tend to be big, don't they? They certainly do. Yeah. Especially the not-so-nice ones. Yeah. 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 So we'll see what happens with all of that. My, my, my own view is... Um, that that people who want to draw this conclusion will draw comfort from the fact that millions of people out aren't out on the streets, but there will certainly be thousands.